0: Hello. <laughs> two two chat two chat two <laughs> <laughs> industry. Industry. <laughs> industry 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 tactics. <laughs> Hi everybody and welcome to the Industry Tactics Podcast. I'm your host, friendly Rich, and on the podcast today a talk with Evan Cartwright, who another uh, student and graduate uh, of Rosedale Heights School of the Arts studied with Doug Friesen. So we get into to more of that deep dive with Doug. Such an honest talk. Um, so impressed by Evan as an artist and a human, very thoughtful, uh, honest discussion that we had. So thank you, Evan, for making time and reflecting on the influence of Doug on your musical life. And um, if you want to kind of connect the dots on a lot of these episodes with Doug, it's kind of like a season two embedded within... 107 uh, discussions with interesting and unique artists from all over you can go back to episode 80 it starts with Doug and then it goes to Georgia Weber episode 81 episode 82 Bennett Badukian 83 Frankie White 85 Leland Witte 86 Anais Kelsey Verdeckia 87 Samir Cash 89 Sarah Benoit 92 Aaron Comeau 97 Gwenna Fairchild Taylor, and finally episode 101, Hiroki Tanaka. So some really awesome talks with such unique artists um, and linking them all to Doug, which is something that I've been dreaming of doing for a while now. So it's a real honor and a privilege to, to do this kind of work and, and learn a lot along the way. I keep getting texts from Doug who is listening as well, which is kind of cool. Uh, he's learning a lot too. So when this is all said and done, I'll, I'll I'll hope to bring Doug back and kind of make it a little sandwich as we promised. Uh, we're over a year into this thing, uh, and um, thank you for listening. You could subscribe to the podcast and and share it with others and um, enjoy this conversation. This is episode one oh seven. A lovely chat with the great Evan Cartwright. Take care, everybody. <music> Doug Friesen uh, opening exercise. Counting from A. A. B. Three. Eight. We did it. Thank you. That'll be easy for me to sync up later. Well done.
1: Nice. Okay.
0: Welcome to Industry Tactics, Evan Cartwright. What a joy.
1: Yeah, nice to be here. Nice to meet you also,
0: likewise, we never done this. We never met. Your name's come up like a thousand times in the last decade.
1: and yours has for me for sure.
0: Ah, uh, well, good. We're breaking the ice, nothing like recording a good icebreaker eh <laughs> yeah where where do we find you this afternoon? this fine day? Well,
1: right now, I'm just outside of Bala, Ontario. oh yeah, at my girlfriend's cottage uh she just got back from New York City, and we have to.
0: You got to do that.
1: Quarantine. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Good, good, mm-hmm. good. Um, you, you, well overall these days with the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I really am.
0: Yeah, I, mm-hmm. you know, I t- I talked to Doug to kick off this kind of deep dive into Doug's world. I talked to Doug the night before the world went sour. So, like, I mm-hmm. talked to him on March twelfth, twenty twenty. Let's blame Doug for all of this um, anyway. <laughs> but it, it has been uh, really, really wonderful to, um, to connect with people. And I come to you naturally just from doing this work as, in talking with people about Doug. Your name, you, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen back to any of these interviews, but your name came up in like every one of them so far. It's we- hmm. It's weird. So, well, huh. so
1: what is going why is that <laughs> i mean i guess because i was the, you know i was there at Rosedale heights when doug was teaching there yeah um and i went to yeah the names of you know the people that i when i scrolled through your yeah interview let list, I listen to a few and but almost every name was someone I might have gone to school with there, or uh, just known from the scene, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I guess just because it's probably just because uh yeah, we all just have known each other for a long time, and
0: yeah, it's nice, it's nice, it really is i mean it's it's um so so why don't you walk us through it? When did you graduate from from Rosedale, just to give us a context of how long you've been out of that? out of high school
1: 2009 i would have graduated
0: 2009 okay okay
1: mm-hmm.
0: so about 10 year 11 years eh? and and um and were you would you say you were there like it sounded like you were there in the prime of like mad doug uh impact like or, or and and you were partly responsible for that <laughs> like you, you just, as i said i'm i'm it's not it's no fluke that your name came up in every interview. So like you went to New York with, with the, uh, like, did you go, what were some of the trips that you took with that when you were in high school?
1: I, uh, unfortunately, I don't think I ever managed a, a trip with Doug. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. But I know he did these amazing New York trips. Yeah. Well, which, I mean, yeah, which I think a lot of the kids are a year older than me, did yeah i was always honestly coming into the coming into the program there i was always hearing these whispers of things that had happened in years prior oh cool you know just cool musical adventures and i ha- always had thought that uh i uh huh. kind of just wish i had been able to have been in on all of it well what um what
0: i mean start maybe we could begin then by you walking us through just some of your early memories in um, in what Doug I don't know kind of mm-hmm. put forward for you to digest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the big thing for me was his comp- composition class. You did you start there in grade nine, Evan? I did, but I didn't have I didn't have Doug until grade eleven. Okay, and we actually never really crossed paths until grade 11 that, he substitute teach yeah he substitute taught one of my cl- one of my classes i think my chemistry class or something okay. in grade 10 uh um that's fun I, uh, that's fun did he sneak
0: I'll, in any music in chemistry
1: not that i recall <laughs> not that i recall yeah um uh but then in grade 11 starting this composition class was amazing for me uh, I guess he just kind of made room for my then curious mind, you know, my yeah. young curious mind. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just left a lot of room for creativity. Um, definitely showed me a lot of things that they were just the things that I wanted to hear or just the things that would have, peaked some investigative feelings in me as a young
0: musician Do you re- like showing me Do you remember some of those things like what what some of the what your curiosities were around that time in grade 11?
1: Yeah, I remember a, a one class he just he played us a movement from the firebird or something some stravinsky I can't remember exactly but uh yeah, uh, yeah blew, it totally blew blew my mind and it I guess uh I'm not sure what modern classical music I would have heard at that time, but it got me a bit obsessed with learning about that, that music.
0: And did you go in, you went into Rosedale for music or was that like your, your focus? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And what was your, what was your instrument when you started in grade nine? Like what? Drums. Drums. It's always been drums. Eh? Like, when did you start with drumming? Like what it predates Rosedale, obviously.
1: Yeah, I, grade six, just like, huh. you know, me and some friends wanted to start playing together, which we which we didn't, but we at least all started. Yeah, we all started playing. Hmm. We just never really got together.
0: Huh. And and um, in Toronto, you grew up yeah. in Toronto.
1: Yeah, in the East End, like Coxwell and Gerard.
0: Right on. Mm-hmm. Right on. Mm-hmm. Raised on uh, what S- square boy hamburger or what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i i don't think i had square boys so i was maybe like 22
0: that's probably honestly. smart that's like doing drugs i guess hey eh? you you, yeah. <laughs> you refer to a, to a more responsible age um yeah, yeah. that's that's cool so so uh so he gets you into stravinsky and some other weird shit i i take it and come grade 11 um mm-hmm. and then also yeah it's always interesting with with all these interviews not a lot of people did like four years with doug it was always like yeah, I, yeah. Did, I did a year with him, but it blew my mind. It was like, a, or yeah, a year yeah. or two. So that was your case was two years.
1: Yeah, two years. Mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead. Sorry, I.
1: Yeah. Oh, it, oh, and just some other things that he introduced me was kind of this whole kind of New York scene. Yeah. Like new, like contemporary jazz scene. He brought Jim Black in one year. Yeah. Uh, which was wild. Yeah, I had lesson with with Jim Black. Amazing. And then Doug organized the concert at the Transact with two kits. So uh, I think there was two drummers from Rosedale there, me and someone else. And Mm -hmm. we would get to trade off and be playing with, with this big group with Jim Black on the other kit. Um, How
0: fun, how real life too. Again, I get back to that. Another constant is this real life kind of immersion. It's just not Mm -hmm. music made in a, in a, and I saw that room in a fairly ugly music room. Uh, It's, it takes what's going on in there and and throws it out into the real world. So Mm. um, did that happen a lot?
1: Well, that was definitely the the highlight. Um, uh, I mean, in terms of, uh, yeah, throwing it into the real world, there was also, he would draw from, ideas from R. Marie Schaefer a lot in his pedagogy and would actually take us out of the classroom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into the outside world. You know, like uh, we had assignments where we would have to compose for, four specific places yeah, and then go have these pieces played in these places where the sound, uh, the ambient sound would be a part of the, a part of the composition yeah. or uh, Yeah.
0: That's grade eleven that you're getting that that's kind of sinking in, eh? Is that is that it was that kind of your first foray into that line of thinking around composition that anything goes?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's funny though. At the time, yeah, it seemed so. It almost didn't seem. I just, I guess, because I was young enough that uh, you're just like this is normal. My,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. brain
1: hadn't really been put in a box yet, so it. So I was just like, oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. I think we were all feeling that was yep was just like oh yeah of course you would do that with music and uh definitely only retrospectively i've realized yeah that um yeah not of course it was <laughs> it was exactly. pretty cool to just have been able to explore that in yeah in a high school like where else where else do you have that many people together to do something you know you could all just play a band arrangement like or you could actually all get creative together and i feel like that just the uh, the size of the collaboration mm-hmm. is something and the regularity of it you know we would see each other every two days this composition class and it would be like oh. i can't remember how many kids 30 kids or something mm-hmm. just that a, a a collaboration of that scale. I don't think uh, I'll probably never see that again. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Cause we were just always able to, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Kind of just be jamming together. It's, It's,
0: it's, it sounds like this, this, this natural extended family that's going on. And, and, you know, that's the thing that I've remarked on the most is like, this extended family then carries out into the real, talking about again, into mm-hmm. the real world. It's mm-hmm. like, you guys are, everyone is making music. to Like the, the, the batting average, is, it really feels like it's a thousand, whether people have gone on to become, you know, music educators, performers, both, right? It's, it's really like, mm-hmm. I think it was something truly special. And you're mm-hmm. right. I get like, and, and you know, what's interesting. It's not either or, it's not like it's just, you, we were doing all that weird stuff you were also doing like charts and, 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 and more traditional ways of, of getting the job done musically. Right. Like it wasn't just play the street as a musical instrument. Right. Like that was just, I I think a part of it. Mm -hmm. Would you say that that would, is that accurate?
1: Yeah. We were still dealing with, we were still dealing with, with music.
0: Like notated. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In a traditional sense. Uh, but just invited to expand the expand the borders of that, I guess.
0: And and we, I want to play a track of yours. I want to play. Um, is it leaving?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to play that because it sounds like someone's walking in the background. Like you actually forgot to. Um, who mixed this?
1: I did. Well, you, I mean, uh, you left. It's actually you,
0: you left the guy walking in the background. What, <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? you uh, I'm yeah, obviously kidding. Yeah, you're joking. Let's do But it.
1: it's actually. A, it's actually a, sk- a skipping rope. Oh I was damn! I was—I wanted to ask yeah, I you. Skipping. I wanted
0: to ask you. Brilliant. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love the mood. I love the vibe. Here it is. This is Doug inspired. This is Evan Cartwright and leaving.
1: Sometimes people go and then they go and then they wonder why blue, blue, Sometimes people try and then they. Not the only hero. Sometimes people cry. Your heart out Mike. This road's not the only thing.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. That track is so beautiful. Um so you you, you
1: that's kind of Doug inspired, like the sk- skipping rope? Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just kind of thought if we were gonna be talking about him, I should think of something that uh Is clearly,
0: you
1: know, I guess when I would have started realizing that I really liked the sound of just things happening together, music just happening and other sounds happening. I mean, there's definitely, I think maybe one potential that I found in those explorations in high school was uh, like uh sentimentality i always found that when we would be when we would be doing Mm. things where we would be combining sounds and music it uh there was always something a little nostalgic to it um
0: interesting like the the concept of for example this tune that you we just played the the, that idea of skipping rope links to some kind of it, what it's like a, almost like a triggering sound for if you're hearing it, like it's like a, just that I don't know, it creating a, a mood or or a, an environment. What do you mean?
1: I think, I think because it, uh, it creates a, it sort of creates a link between a performance and the world that the person listening is in, which is just their world where they're a person and. Right. Anyone sitting next to them would just be a a person, and then you know a song can 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 be in a world where it's just its own performed world, or it can be sort of asked to be a part of the real the real world, and maybe I just find uh, having sounds just having sounds that you might hear in your day-to-day part of a song. I love that. Yeah, just makes it, I don't know, maybe it just makes it easier for me to reflect on it, or, I don't know, just brings you into a certain
0: yep. world. I mean, from a, a percussion standpoint of just anything goes, did that did that concept kind of, was that driven home in grade 11 when, when you started, you know? bringing in more of these colors in, or were you already messing like that before Doug came around
1: in, in percussion yeah. specifically with my playing? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like my kind of formative years of learning the drums, although I was taking some lessons on the side. Mm-hmm. What I was doing more than anything was just playing music with friends and we would just be trying to come up with something. And so in a way that framework is kind of like anything goes when you're just have a bunch, you know, have a bunch of 13 year olds in a room being like, Oh, how do we make music?
0: Yeah. And we were not yeah.
1: really trying too hard to sound. I don't think we were really actually trying to sound like anyone specifically, but, uh, so maybe in a way, I was already had already been in uh, environments where it was like you know you just play what you want, do it, do what you want. Who were on, who were some of those
0: who were some of those people? Did they did they end up going to Rosedale with you when you were those?
1: Th- yeah, like all. Of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them, pretty much. Uh, How nice. Like Aaron. Yeah, Aaron Como, Callan Furlong, Solomon Grant. Uh, yeah, Jake Copperthorne who's another drummer.
0: Uh-huh.
1: We were in Junior High together.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, yeah, Sam Dickinson, the guitar player. Um
0: and you still keep in touch with a lot of these these folks, right?
1: Mhm. That's yeah, so great. Sure.
0: It's mm-hmm. it's so charming to me that 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 it keeps going, you know. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: What do you think that's a fluke like like why what the hell happened there at i mean what can you can you talk about it like i'm trying to figure it out like that's why i'm talking to all these people is like what the hell happened at rosedale did you guys like what was it that keeps that kind of community that was built there going you don't see it's that that as well was not normal to me right like i think you Mm. realize that now being Mm -hmm. out of there for 11 years that that was not a normal thing i don't you know, I, I don't know if we traced any other high school, it's like how many of them after the high school go into music. It's it's I mm-hmm. doubt it's as strong as, as what was going on there. So that anything mm-hmm. you can attest to why that was?
1: Yeah, I think um I think one thing for sure is there was an element of of unknowing when it was all happening. Yeah. Like because we were being asked to try just try things. Yeah. In a way we were really witnessing each other's creativity. Yep. And just kind of witnessing people try things and and maybe yeah, and so seeing that things don't really necessarily fail. Did
0: it did it feel nothing, did, did it feel safe to yeah. So fa- yeah. failure wasn't even really a thing. It was more like
1: well, well the thing is the thing that I think we all experienced in that was that you would see someone try something and whatever the effect was, you would realize oh it didn't it never nothing ever fails. And I think that was like an important lesson. I mean, I think I think something that can be a restraining force in in chasing one's dreams of you know making music and being a musician is the fear of this fear of failure nice yeah and yeah uh, yeah and it can really be restraining in terms of just your creative energy and to just to have those in your formative years these experiences where you you are yeah it's being reinforced that i mean just through experience that uh you can't really fail. Like you can, I love that. You can do, you can do something and you can not like it, but uh, it's all just, it's all in a much larger context that the context of the, of real life doesn't, it doesn't allow for simple black and white things like that. And That's I
0: think, really beautiful, Evan. And no one, no one in all of these talks I've had has, has, ever put it that way that, that there's mm-hmm. kind of a, with music, there's a, almost an inability to fail. It could, it could go, yeah, less or, or, M- more than you expected. Sometimes it could, it could actually yeah. go beyond what you were thinking. Right. But, but that's a really great point is um, hopefully no one gets hurt at the end of the day <laughs> from, from the work yeah. that we all do together. Right. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, that's
0: really beautiful. And, you know, it touches on that concept that I know Doug brings to life, which is making music. And this is, I'm, a ho- I'm thinking this was probably the spirit uh, at that time when you were there at Rosedale, making music is not a competitive journey. It's not mm-hmm. like the Kiwanis... He and I have had mo- many conversations about the bullshit model, and it seems like there's only three of them, you know? like These are the only outcomes. This is the only way you can get to a musical uh, life, is you either do all the exams and feel like shit about yourself after you've done them, you, you slay or get slayed at the Kiwanis Music Festival, or, right? It's like so what is this boxing what is this uh ufc meets uh the clarinet fuck off right <laughs> i mean uh although that would be fun i would pay a lot of money to see that you know but doug doug never i know never fostered that so so it came through that there's this camaraderie among you and all your peers you, you mm-hmm. maybe if there was competition i'm assuming it was healthy right like it's but mm-hmm. but you're propping each other up and letting each other try out new things, it seems.
1: Mm-hmm. Completely, yeah. And something something Doug would say I heard it I heard him say it a couple of times. I'm not sure if it was something he got from someone else. I'd have to ask him whether he dreamt it up or yes. whether it was someone else's idea. But he would ask, like, okay, why do we why do we have gym class in high school? Okay. Is it so all up is it so the kids who are going to be pro athletes yeah get to get to work out and you know forge their way to be pro athletes yep. or is it or is it just to instill a sense of play you know yeah play and play and also just you know learning about learning about your body sure. and just having experiences with your body that might just help you in your life be physically adept
0: yeah
1: uh and so he would say so why do we treat music class in high school like the only purpose for the class is to you know kind of figure out who of these who of these kids are going to go on to be uh you know professionals and
0: lang lang or whatever what a top top of top of your game it's yeah Mm -hmm. no fair enough
1: yeah so so i think his his goal was just to try to if he could teach kids to hear something you know yeah just to hear something, because that's something that then you can use your whole life. If you, if you've just had some experiences, to kind of open up your ears and just beautiful be more open, be more open to sound. Then that's really something that is going to change every kid in the classroom. It's gonna it's going to affect their life, as opposed to just you know it's gonna, the music class is just made to set up those few kids who are going to go on and study in university. You're hitting
0: home runs here. Thank you. Thank you. are seeing the mm-hmm. ball well. Uh to mm-hmm. use a little uh sports term, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um because I I re- that is hitting it on the head for me of of what was special at, at that time at Rosedale, I think is that treatment of music as a just the the glue that kind of keeps friendships together and uh, and that that has happened for sure. Mm-hmm. and why you make music right like what like what? what's the fun in it like why why do you want to do this forever you know and there's and and a lot of people come out of that school wanting to do it evidently like for their lives right it's not mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. It's, it's not like um just a, a pastime or 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 if it is there's nothing wrong with that like that's that's part of it um no i i love that um what can you talk a little bit about um your parents and what that was like growing up and the support that they provided
1: to you? Um yeah, um definitely my folks have been supportive of me being being in music. Um, I uh sent you this clip of my my mom's high school choir. Um Yeah. Because uh, I guess I just because I wanted to just give it up to my give it up to my mom. <laughs> well, yeah, I, but also because I, I figured
0: uh, I, th- I think that's yeah, great. Yeah. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, and she, uh, yeah, she was I guess just the um, she. I don't know. She would just sing to me when I was a kid, like sing to me when I was going to bed, and
0: uh-huh.
1: kind of think of her voice as like my probably the first, yeah, the most formative musical ex- experience for me. Um, Beautiful. uh, Anyways, yeah. And I just kind of wanted to share this track because also it just, it kind of just resurfaced. She found the vinyl.
0: Oh, damn. It was
1: recorded in high school and then we digitized it, like just digitized it last week. Anyways, this
0: is fresh. Okay. So, and and you helped digitize it and bring it to life in this context. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Let's listen. This is the choir of St. James Dunn collegiate and vocational school under the direction of what's your mom's name?
1: Oh, well, she was, so she was singing, she's singing singing tenor. Yeah, this was when she was in high school. She was singing tenor in this. Oh, how
0: nice. How nice. Okay, so this is uh, Evan's mom in the mix here singing and uh, a two minute clip and a lovely little excerpt. Here it comes. Isn't that beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That's really, and that's so special why you thought of, of that piece to, uh, to, to bring to, to this interview, Evan, I, I'm really uplifted by that whole thing. Um, your parents were, uh, very supportive of you then in coming up eh, musically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and they really, uh, they really, um, were patient. Uh-huh. I had some, yeah, yeah. I like kind of, uh, had some years where I probably, it m- might have seemed doubtful to them that I would have uh, continued with music mm-hmm. and I'm sure they would have s- seen my practice in music as more constructive than the th- things that I was getting into in yep. those years. Yep. And Is this uh, post
0: uh Rosedale or during or?
1: No, this was my f- kind of grade eight, okay. nine, ten. Okay, yeah, 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 sure,
0: sure, sure, sure. Um, so, doug straightened you out and then you and then, <laughs> and then you and then or made you weirder and then you <laughs> what, what happens when you get out of high school what um Where do you go from there
1: uh i went to u f t studied in the jazz program
0: right on mm-hmm. right on right on what was that like mm-hmm. for you
1: uh it was a dream i mean i just got to really i just got to play music all day every day and uh had, I got really lucky with just – there were so many great people there when I was there, like student peers that I got to just play with all the time. We would just get together and just try try whatever. Who were some of the, with, the
0: notable people that you – and n- n- names that come to mind that you might ooh. still keep in touch with?
1: Uh, there'd be a – I think there'd be a lot. But um, pianist Chris Pruden played with oh, him yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot. Tara Guerra. Wow. Uh, Matt Warshall, the alto player. Okay. Uh Ben Hognestad, piano player. Yeah. Malcolm Connor, bass player. Wow. Um Jeff Dean, another bass player.
0: So you do four uh, year you do four years there at at UFT Jazz? Uh
1: yeah, I did four years.
0: In that mm-hmm. ugly building?
1: Well, I did two in the oh. two in the Edward Johnson and you, two in Wellesley. Oh yeah, yeah. You went to Wellesley. School.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Mm-hmm, that's a mm-hmm. that's cool, eh? Mm-hmm. That's great. Who's your, who are your teachers?
1: Um, I had a bunch. The two that really s- stand out for me were Nick Fraser, who was my private teacher Holy on shit. drums. Yeah. And Andrew Downing. I think those were the two people that I just kind of maybe forged the closest bonds with. Beautiful.
0: Well, that's, exciting and, and, yeah. that's exciting to hear. That's exciting to hear. So, you've been out of... Where do you go from there? You're done they kick you out you graduate uh yeah i mean so you've been at it you've been done have you been done is that you've been since at- 2013 yeah I 2013
1: graduated 2013 mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. that's exciting and
1: yeah it's been, a, yeah. It's, been a, it's been a good it's been a good time uh i think by the even when i was in school i was kind of trying to get a lot of music happening outside of school, just yep. to have more, you know, just more of a network. And so it was a pretty, the kind of transition. I remember the fall that I would have gone back to school, the fall of yeah. whatever, 2013, yeah. kind of ha- freaking out yep. for a moment, being like, oh my God, I'm not going to be in school. But it uh, mm. seemed to resolve itself probably in a few weeks, because then I had to go do some shows somewhere and like run it. And then it was just kind of, just found the transition into just, uh, you know, just continuing to make music out of school. wasn't uh, too jarring. How has that
0: been for you? Like given your education, given what U of T and all of your prior work would have equipped you with, you know, those chops of both musical and, um, just real life like how how have you adapted since you've been out for about seven years now just to the real world we talked earlier about doug throwing you in the real world as much as possible but yeah just that transition and how you've managed to um to to develop your career and just you know map that out for yourself like how has that been for you
1: Hmm. um It's been, I mean, it's been great. I think, I think what I've decided to do. I'm not sure if this is a conscious decision or what, but yeah. the way it seemed to work for me is that uh, I sort of just wanted to build a, just build relationships with people who I, whose ideas I liked. Yeah. And I think my entire, if you can call it a, you know, career, musical career, is just kind of um it's just built on having relationships with people and i find I i can't remember the last time i played with someone who i don't think of as a dear <laughs> dear friend
0: nice uh, nice and I, nice
1: and i i think uh that's the way i've maybe wanted to to go i mean there's a lot of ways you can there's a lot of ways you can make it as endless ways you can kind of Make it happen and sure. forge your way. Sure, but, uh, but
0: those are good rules, I think, to grow old by is, you know, if you're not making music with dear friends, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I, mean, I might ask, but um, <laughs> but uh, that's nice. I like these mm. answers. Mm. I like these answers. And, um, well, I mean it's things obviously shifted in earlier this year with, with the pandemic and such, how has that changed your perspective? If any,
1: uh, definitely a big change. Cause, um, before March, I would, I would have just been on the road for a good chunk of the year. And, mm-hmm. and of course, yeah, just con- playing concerts, which doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So it was a big shift. I mean, it, uh,
0: Sorry, that question came out wrong. It's like, well, fucking obviously, how? how? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. just like the entire carpet was was pulled. But anyway, uh, there's my answer. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. But uh, it was. I mean, in a way, it's nice to have a bit of time to reflect. Yeah. And just uh, uh a little anecdote. My friend Romy Lightman, uh, who I collaborate with uh, one of the first days of lockdown we chatted on phone and she kind of pointed me to this little anecdote that I found really helpful this year, Mm -hmm. which is just that uh, she said, you know, like the way everyone tends to be now in the modern age, she said specifically in Toronto, like if you go into a cafe or you go into the place where like the young kind of artist types, you know, like myself are kinda yeah. doing their thing. You see a whole lot of sawdust just getting thrown around. Like people are just tossing sawdust up in the air. Just to make it look like make it look like they're doing something.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And uh and I mean I think that's so true. And it's that's totally true of my life. I'm always just trying to even just convince myself that I'm busy and that I'm that I'm working on something or that I'm and she and she said, "Like this is really the great opportunity to just put the sawdust down. Like no one's looking at you. Know you're in your room. You're in your room all day. Like no one's really checking you out. You can uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can actually just try to get get honest with yourself and just try to get in touch with yourself. And yeah, that's important. Um, so in that sense, this year has been really good for me so far in terms of just slowing down and yeah, trying to get real. Yeah,
0: that's great to hear." That's great to hear. And I know it's it's affecting everyone, you know, so differently in in that, in that regard. Right. And I think that Mm -hmm. that really is probably at the core of it is like, we're all looking in the mirror right now. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like, and we're literally, because we're on zoom here, you know, if you're narcissistic enough to not look at the person you're talking to and just stare at yourself the whole day, and you don't like what you see, uh, you know, that's a that's that it is a fascinating moment for that, right? Is is that ability to to, to reflect and get real, as you put it with yourself, right? And
1: mm.
0: yeah, you 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 know, the 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 podcast is called industry tactics, which started out as a joke making fun of the industry and that whole notion of sawdust that you were mentioning, right? Of mm. of just like yeah you know it's it's i got a lot going and everything i'm a really busy person and um you know what who cares like i mean it's all that's bull. it it is kind of bullshit right like that this whole thing of uh, you know i think it's like bravado or something like putting your chest out like how how important we all are it's like at the end of the day not so much we're learning i guess right it's like Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. take a breath and and ask yourself why, like why we do a lot of the things that we do, right? I think I'm interested in seeing how we do come out of it and how, you know, it, there were certain things that did need to be put on pause. There were probably some institutions that needed to die. And, and mm-hmm. so like, I'm not like feeling remorse for all of it, to be honest with you. It's like, there is somewhat of a, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to sound heartless, but like there is a bit of a thing happening just naturally through like some things are just, Falling, (laughs) you know, like print media might take a more of a hit than ever, right? I mean, Hmm. uh, podcasts. Are people even listening to this? I mean, if you are, tweet us at (laughs) Industry Tactics. No, in all seriousness, it is. It is really interesting. Where do you see yourself going after you've done a bit of this reflection? What continues to stick and kind of inspire you? as you look forward now to maybe there's a vaccine, maybe we come out of this, is it, is it more of the same? You get back in the van and keep touring or what does that look like?
1: I don't know. I'm just open for whatever. Yeah. I'm I'm open. Love that. I think what I think, uh, this year has maybe proven to me that I would be happy just being in one place. Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. when i'd be on the road a lot i would think that it would drive me crazy but uh yeah
0: it's it's almost like a test run eh
1: yeah so uh i feel like now, like now i'm just open for open for more than i than i would have been open to in february just in terms of where my life could lead you know
0: yeah yeah Mm um who were some of the for those who aren't familiar with your work, who are some of the artists that you've been working with, touring with over the last five, seven years?
1: Um, most recently with US Girls. Oh, wow. Was As like my kind of, the act that I was touring with the most. Yep. Um, about a long time collaboration with Brody West. Uh, we've been doing some, We've been traveling a bit lately. In the last couple of years, we've been to Europe a few times, doing some festivals. Um, duo. Yeah, we're a duo, but uh, uh, but we like to we like to collab. Mm-hmm. I think both times that we were in Europe in the last couple of years, we were collaborating with pianists, performing with uh, uh, in England with Hakeem Kaufman, mm-hmm. pianist from Berlin, mm-hmm. and with. Simon told him uh, Danish pianist at the Copenhagen Jazz Festival. Oh wow! Um, yeah, uh, how, but we're How
0: did we're you? A duo. How, did you um, how did you connect with Brody initially?
1: We would have met uh, when I was at U of T, Andrew Downing. I was in Andrew Downing's ensemble, and Andrew couldn't make it one day, so we got Brody to sub in as the as the teacher uh-huh. and. Yeah. That would have been when we met, but I, I remember hearing him even when I was kind of like probably in high school. Yeah, yeah. Hearing him play once or twice just around town. Um,
0: That's exciting. eh? Mm-hmm. To, to have that, to, to be collaborating yeah. with Brody West. How amazing.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been incredible. We, uh, we really had we kind of do our thing. We have our thing going on. What's
0: experience. um what's, What's some of the things you've learned compositionally in that cl- collaboration with him?
1: Um, uh, the thing that the thing I think that I take away the most from working with Brody, and we work together in a lot of different, we have our duo, but then I'm also in his quintet and I'm also in Eucalyptus, his, his large group. Um, and the thing compositionally that I am always taking away from it, is, like, the amount of room to leave for for the imagination in the moment. I find that I'm such a, like, I'm always such a structural thinker. Mm-hmm. And, and I could, I, yeah, thinking about Doug's class, I found if I could go back and do Doug's class again, I would just try to get away from, I found in his composition class, I was always trying to do these structural things that, I don't know, I think they're actually just boring in retrospect. Yeah. Um,
0: I didn't mean like that. Yeah. That, like you were boring. I mean, just like, yeah, I, yeah. I understand the statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, why do we, why and, do we but, gravitate towards structure? So like, why is yeah. that the, the norm? Eh, like it's weird. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah.
1: It's funny. But working with Brody, just the way his, I don't know something about the way his mind works. He could take something like often the things that he and I work on are very structural, but he has this way of making a room for, Music in, in in that, and so I feel like that's what I'm always trying to glean from the time that we spend together is is how to leave more room, leave more room for just using your ear and yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's beautiful stuff. So are you drumming alongside Nick Fraser in the quintet? Yeah, I didn't realize that was you. I'm sorry. Pardon me.
1: Oh no problem. No. no.
0: I just think that every time I um, I'm in a room and Nick Fraser's drumming, I'm just like observing his uh, stick on stick technique. I'm just fascinated (laughs) by it. Mm. That's awesome. man that quintet blows my mind. It's Mm. just, I've tried to figure out what the fuck is going on and you just kind of touched on it. Right. It's, it is structured, but there, there are these elements where it goes loose and it's, yeah, it's really hard to understand. I love it. Mm, mm. Oh, good for you. What a musical diet from U.S. <laughs> girls through to the Brody West collaborations. That is exciting stuff. What else is cooking?
1: Um, I guess on the go right now, I'm just trying to finish up a second solo, I don't know, you know, an album. I'm not sure how long. am not sure if it'll be a full length. It's kind of s- still... I never really, you know, don't really know until it's done. Hey,
0: when we when we played but. leaving, was that from your first solo recording? Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's nice. So you're you're trying to wrap that up in quarantine, then?
1: Yeah, or who knows when it'll be finished? But okay. it's kind of almost done, but it might take me a long time to. Uh... How
0: are you recording it? In um, in a room like the last one I saw. Everything recorded in my room except for Anne Fung. She recorded mm-hmm. it in her room. Yeah, Are you, is there more of that? And
1: I think that was when we were living in the same, the same <laughs> oh. house. Oh, <laughs> it's so like she was
0: upstairs. A- across the hall. <laughs> you should have fed a snake through. Come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So this one kind of was a little different. It started when it started. Uh, I was. I did most of the stuff. At Art House Studios. Yeah, great, um, great. Yeah,
0: and you would uh, know Sam
1: Cash from
0: Samir Cash from uh, yeah. from Rose. Yeah, we go way
1: back. Yeah, we go way back. We've been dear friends for a long time.
0: Wonderful to hear. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I keep and, going.
1: Oh yeah, no problem. And so the first, the first uh, couple of sessions, one one was with a string quartet, and we just kind of did a, we did a few songs live, um, just cool. vocals and, and strings, and then another. Was just laying down a f- few things on my own, uh, but then and then that was in February, and then immediately the world okay. closed. So okay, okay. Uh, then yeah, another half of it is maybe just kind of in in my room or have a have a lot of different people. Just kind of took advantage of everyone having their yep. their home setups right now yep. perfected. So I kind of got
0: Yep, yeah
1: just got a lot of different people to play on things you know it's it's, yeah.
0: it's it's another it's another beautiful offshoot of what's going on in in the horrible world outside is that i think yeah every musician that's had to remain creative or i i shouldn't say that i mean some of us gravitate towards performing on um on instagram live more some of Mm -hmm. us are are Mm -hmm. are are, are i know i've gone right back to recording more like i love the grassroots nature of what's going on there too you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when we come out of it on the other side it's like i think we'll all be pining to get back into a real studio just to feel what like that's like again eh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um what's your setup do you work better going into a studio and having things pre-written or at least a direction of where you want to go like when you did those art house sessions or are you more of like it's some clay in front of you and the whole process is through mucking around with it that you come up with your your work
1: um i kind of think of yeah uh, hmm. I always like to. Hmm, it's tough. I like to. I like to plan things, and see if some of those planned things work, and then also sometimes just run with the mistakes or run with the the things that uh...
0: run with the failure.
1: Yeah, because there is none. Like I <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: I'm learning I'm of, learning from you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: no problem. I kind of think of uh the way I'm thinking right now but capturing songs is uh like f- photography. And that you might you know like so I might want to set up a shoot, might have an idea for a shoot. Yeah. And I'm going to bring my camera, you know, like the shoot might be like yeah, having a bunch of string players in the room. Yeah. And, but uh but then it's – you can't – like, you just have to go with the photos that that turned out. You know, the ones yep. where someone had a funny look on their face or where there was just something about what yeah. happened that – Yeah. So I, I just – I try not too hard to to capture what I have in mind, I guess, but rather I try to just do something.
0: More of a framework. Then, more of a framework.
1: Yeah. So and if it's, then a, if it's a
0: photo, I want to photo this, photograph this bowl of pears. But when you actually sit down to photograph the pears, it's a different story, right? It's um, yeah. You could get a fly like that that lands perfectly.
1: Yeah, exa- exactly. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I like that, and it's not either or. I think if there, there's one thing I've learned from talking with you that today, it's it's not one or the other. It's it's your regret of going back and redoing Doug's class, which hopefully we could all do at the end of it. I think that's how you get get onto the next level. It, mm-hmm. You redo the class with Doug and hit it out of the park. It's just like the craziest music you'll ever hear in in your life. <laughs> um, but 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 that that notion of yeah, it doesn't have to be fully structured or unstructured. It could be this kind of gray area in between. And any, anything does go right, it's it, there is no failure as you as you taught us. Um, mm-hmm. It's all just the fun of making music with friends or solo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, w- let's wrap it up. I know what we're going to end with. We're going to end with this beautiful piece of music. But before we set that up, any last thoughts as you reflect anything that you might have felt we've missed in reflecting on the beauty that Doug Friesen has uh, instilled upon you?
1: Um, yeah, I just want to say that he's still, he's still doing it. He's still, uh, uh, out there experimenting with all these things and you can find him in the real world and, uh, talk to him about music and it'll probably be a great experience. So yeah, go talk to Doug, anyone <laughs> who's listening. No. Get up, Doug. And,
0: uh... Well, as, as was this a great experience, I really appreciate you making time, Evan. It's really nice to connect with you in this cold, uh, <laughs> boxed-in way, but I, I really have, have appreciated all, all that you've brought and, um, and hope to meet you in person. Or I've seen you play now that I, now that I learned that, uh, but it but, uh, would be really nice to shake your hand in person one day. Wouldn't that be a, a, just a dream?
1: That would be nice. Yeah. Um, that would be great. And thanks. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
0: Yeah. Where can people it. learn more about your work? Is there a, is there a website or somewhere we can point them to, to hear more? No. Yeah, I love it. I love the short answers too. Yeah. Good, good, good. You know where to find them. Look them up. Uh, Evan uh, Cartwright music. He does have a band camp. Uh, so at minimum, but it says sold out, which is exciting uh, on the Bandcamp. which,
1: Oh, I just, I'm out of cassettes. Yeah. So no, no cassettes, cassettes yeah. for
0: you, but you can, you can still hear some of the work we're going to end it. Speaking of Brody West, we're going to end it with um, the, this is the duo project that you do with him. Uh, it's called ways the duo project.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is fame too. Do you want to set this up? What a track.
1: Um. Yeah, this we recorded in Copenhagen with Simon Toldum on piano at the Village Studio. Um, yeah, I guess it was maybe we recorded in twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Yeah.
0: Cool. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, Evan. And yeah,
1: thank you. Take care of yourself.
0: This is uh, you Ways and Toldum and Fame Two. Wow, what a piece to end on. That was Fame 2 performed by Brody West and Evan Cartwright, known as Waze, alongside Simon Toldham. So thank you so much, Evan, again, for a lovely chat. And uh, more coming up, episode 108 next week, a, a lovely talk with Tara Kanangera. And um, if you want to subscribe and share the podcast, please let us know what you're thinking. Go to FriendlyRich.com or tweet us at IndustryTactics. I'm Friendly Rich, and be safe, everybody. Thank you
1: so much. Bye for now.